What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Gentlemen, my name is Jack Farmer. His name is Justin Labar. His name is Jimmy Corderas. And it is the Monday Night Raw Wrestling Inc. after show. And have we got a good one for you? We've got Cody Rhodes. We've got John Cena. We've got Logan Paul and all sorts of stuff to talk about. But before we get into all that, Jimmy Corderas, you were at a Kevin Nash party and you didn't invite me. What's that all about? Well, I didn't know you 10 years ago, so, uh, you know, or else, you know, the invite is always there, you know what I mean? But, uh, yeah, just as we were talking before, we, we we came up here live and in living color, baby. Yeah, 10 years ago, we were at a Kevin Nash party and 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 uh, Justin found a picture of me, me and him at, uh, at the get together. And uh, let me just say that Kevin Nash parties are usually pretty cool. I had to I had to keep talking about this. These for everyone as Jimmy said backstage before we start, these two, they're like, oh yeah, hanging out at the Kevin Nash party in New York, no big deal. And I'm like, what? What? That's not fair, Justin. I if if we get a time machine, I demand that we go back in time and you invite me to the Kevin Nash party. Yeah, no, I, I wish I I wish I knew you. We could have used you as a DJ. Um, <laughs> no, we did it. We yeah. the first year we did it was in Atlanta, um, and then we did it literally for every Mania year, and then a few other shows, a few other like we did a, a Rumble here in Pittsburgh. One, they were a great time here. I'll I'll share the picture um, of what I found of of uh, of Jimmy and, and I. Oh, look at that. Is wow. who's that in the background? Do we know who anyone in the background? Oh, I don't know anybody in the background. Jimmy's 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 goatee looking good there. 
And darker. And I had hair. <laughs> <laughs> Look at you guys 10 years ago. Man, like I said, I don't know what a Kevin Nash party is like, but I can only imagine he just seems like he throws good parties. Anything with a Kevin Nash involved mm. seems like it's a good mm -hmm. party. Oh, yeah, uh, so I'm I'm jealous is what I'm saying. If you're jealous and you're in the chat, hit the like button, comment, share, subscribe, and uh, make sure to share the link with your friends. In fact, you can just copy the link and put it in social media, and then we'll bring more people onto the show, get the chat even bigger and crazier, and it's even more fun. We got news to get into, fellas. We got a lot of news uh, coming off the heels of last night's AEW Revolution. Tony Khan revealed the initial gate and attendance estimates for the show. Uh, at this post-media scrum, he revealed that over 9,000 people were at AEW Revolution, which was at the Chase Center in San Francisco. 8,000 of those tickets were paid, resulting in over $800,000, which is a record for the city of San Francisco. However, the gate is slightly lower than the $1 million gate from Double or Nothing in 2022. Uh, Revolution was not a complete sellout, however, WrestleTix on Twitter noted that the current capacity of the building is 10,824. And while this number suggests that almost 2,000 seats were still available in the lead up to the show, it's entirely possible that they weren't allocated for the event in the first place. Justin, um, it, I, I'm not saying there's lies here or anything like that, but it feels like this being the record for the city of San Francisco, that doesn't make feel like it makes sense. Am I wrong there? No, well, no, I was a little surprised to read that. Um, but at the same time, while San Francisco and 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 you know the Cal Palace and uh, while they all have a lot of history, I mean, they 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 were San Francisco. San Francisco is famous for it being the city in within its territory that it was back when things were in the territory days. If you you know, WCW ran San Fran a little bit uh, through the Monday Night Wars. Um, but you know, they notoriously were not tremendous with their pay-per-views, especially with their payoffs. Um, WWE, I, 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 Jimmy would know way better. I'm sure they were run some house shows, or, but I say there's nothing, there's no big WWE moment that I could think of. I go, oh, that's San Fran. So, I mean, I guess in a way San Fran might just be one of those towns that, um, again, was really, it really had a real big impact regionally. You know, I mean, Pat Patterson, yeah, that was where Pat, you know, really flourished, but again, that was regional. So obviously we're dealing with a smaller sample pool and we're talking about San Francisco proper. Mind you, WrestleMania 31 was at the San Francisco 49ers football stadium, Levi Stadium, but that is not in San Francisco. That is in Santa Clara, where you're actually damn near closer to San Jose, uh, as, as I recall. So, uh, you, you know, but but I, so maybe this is true that it is right there uh, on on the records for San Fran. Which, if that's the case, I mean, the, these are the, the this is the best numbers anybody else other than WWE has done um in the last 20 years in america uh so you know uh that, that that's something worth touting yeah jimmy the build-up to that show or at least during the show i saw people tweeting about how the attendance didn't seem that great but uh, according to this it sounds like it did it was a pretty good show i i thought that the show didn't have a good build-up to it now if you watch the after show on wrestling i loved the show but the build-up i did, i was kind of surprised i wasn't surprised when they said there was empty seats available but now I'm hearing that it was great. It seems like AEW is going to sell tickets regardless. Yeah, I don't know what the exact price was for certain tickets, but uh, and also times have changed. You know, the price of tickets have gotten more expensive. You know, live events when you go to live events slash house shows, they're not as expensive as it is for 
uh, maybe a pay-per-view or something like that. But, uh, you know, like when I was working at WWE and, and did San Francisco, we ran the Cow Palace and that $800,000 number, like, like Justin said, could be kind of a little bit of semantics uh, for indoor attendance, maybe, because like you said, outdoor attendance uh, definitely would probably surpass that number, especially for a WrestleMania when they did it in, uh, in, uh, was it Levi Stadium? Well, no, yeah, was yeah, it? Yeah, Levi. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, uh, it, it's all a matter of how you say it. Do you know yeah. You know yeah. I mean? It's, it's all a matter of how you say it. Mind you, when, uh, if you actually read some, some, if you, if you read the fine print and some things that go out about AEW and Dynamite and on Warner and on, on and, uh, they will say more than four million p. There's a lot of different things that you can do that you can add up to make. If, if if you need a number to be here, you can start to add different things on to get that number here. So it is the way you frame it. But I think bottom line is, uh, I think while AEW's TV week to week, we debated each week about uh, you know, it's here, it's there, it's up, it's down. Uh, you know, they are they're pay per views and they and they do space them out kind of quarterly. Uh, that that has been working for them. They do. Uh, they do seem to do good business with that. Um, and I, again, and, and, and the fact that we're in a streaming world and the fact that they still choose to do uh, one of their options to viewing as a traditional pay-per-view. And I think it's like 50 bucks. to. I mean, so mm-hmm. the fact that they are still getting, you know, six figure consistent draws uh, buys that's I mean, I think that's that's something to be proud of. It's something to build off and hang your hat on um, in this day and age. Yeah, and and sorry to cut you off, Justin. It just, it, but the question is, can they build on that? Yes, it's yeah. it sounds good, like good numbers. It sounds successful. I want them to be successful, and I want them to flourish, and I want them to grow. But at the same time, uh, I'm, I, I'm again, I'm getting onto a little rant here. But you you got to start broadening your audience. You can't just focus on one group, Correct. and that's the one thing I think that they have not been doing very much of but the group that they are focusing on are loving it and they are tuning in i mean i gotta i gotta push back a little though jimmy i mean if they set a record for a te- like for sales at a building i mean it, they're, they're doing something right you know we well, talk about I, growing i mean yeah. they, they broke a record well jimmy, but i think part of, but i think part but i think part of what jimmy's saying though is that like ticket prices are higher than ever anymore for for to, mm-hmm. to go to events like that so yeah, they're milking every ounce out of the hardcore f- portion of the pie that they have. They are milking every ounce they can. And actually, wrestling as a whole, you can say, is the same thing. And, and totality of the total number of people that are watching Raw and SmackDown each week and the total number of people watching Dynamite, you know, especially when you compare it to the, the Attitude Era, which is, you know, a, a steep a steep piece of competition. But, you know, there are far less people watching pro wrestling than there have been in the past. However... The companies WWE leads the way, and AEW is doing this as well with higher ticket prices. The way that they're, they're, they're the wrestling companies are getting more dollars than ever out of each fan. The amount of merchandise fans are buying, the amount of streaming subscriptions that they're paying for, uh, that they're traveling. You know, so there might be a smaller piece of the pie of people that are watching pro wrestling these days consistently, but they are getting every dollar out of these fans. And then, hey, I mean, it's working. Uh, I, I, I did see a great comment. I got to, I got to shout you out, Swerve. Uh, it says, uh, if Justin saw those numbers in an airport, he would not be impressed. <laughs> it's all about the airport test. Yeah. It's all about the airport test. If, you, if I don't notice you in the airport, <laughs> you, uh, hey, you, you pop me, Swerve. I, I, I like that one. <laughs> I, I, I got, I got 
I got noticed and I, I passed an airport test, but it's a long story, but I'm just going to make it really short. But uh, uh, I needed to bring the Intercontinental Championship with me after TV to a, a row of, of um, live events slash house shows that uh, somebody forgot to take with them after TV. So uh, my traveling partner, Tony Schimmel, did the old double dog dare you to wear that through the airport. <laughs> so I did. And I got a lot of attention. Let's put it that way. <laughs> It'd be great if everyone's like, look at that fake title he's wearing. Who does he think he is? <laughs> no, they just said, uh, what champion are you? And he'd come up with some ridiculous, uh, even though it said intercontinental champion on it. But uh, Right. You didn't get uh, any You didn't get any heat from the boys for wearing the title, did you? What? No, they actually thought it was funny. Most, okay. most of them, anyways. Let's put that way. But it was uh, after the Chris Jericho China thing. Mm. Yes. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so there was a little bit of confusion well, as to who was supposed to carry the championship, and uh, I ended up carrying it for a little while. <laughs> uh, Dylan, by the way, makes a great point. Says, "Thank God it wasn't the hardcore title, Jimmy. Someone may have tried to to uh, pin you. Take you I would have. I, I would have let them. <laughs> yeah. Let's put it that way. <laughs> well, we have a another piece of dollars and cents from tony khan talking about the subscribers for ring of honor and the streaming service and said that um uh, i can tell quote i can tell you now as of today coming off the first television show the first episode which has been very positively reviewed and we've had really great feedback on the first show we're at twelve thousand streaming subscribers now for honor club khan understands that the twelve thousand figure is quote as good as Honor Club has ever gotten and is more than when the G1 Supercard in conjunction with New Japan Pro Wrestling aired on the platform for Madison Square Garden in 2019. Uh, Jimmy, uh, I don't know. I, I don't pretend to know numbers for streaming services and stuff, but right. I have to imagine 12,000 people paying for a monthly service for Ring of Honor off of what we've seen over the past year is a pretty good success. It, it sounds like it. It sounds like a good number. And I'm like you, uh, as far as streaming services, I don't know what numbers are good. Again, it all depends on how much they charge for their service. But this is the wrestling business. And as of right now, the big money in the wrestling business is in television. Mm -hmm. uh, streaming, yes, they say is the wave of the future and it's heading in that direction and so forth. But at this time right now, if you really want to make some money, you got to get a television deal. And I'd love to see ROH get some kind of TV deal, especially if they can work something out with uh, one of the Turner networks, you know, or something like that. Or, you know, even if they syndicate it like it used to be back in the day when ROH uh, up here used to be on the, the Fox affiliate here out of Buffalo, we used to get it on, uh, on um, Saturday nights or Sunday? No, Sunday nights. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Justin. I, when I think, when I say I think it's very, it, it's a good number. I think of, I, I believe I've seen numbers for like Impact, and I think their weeklies are like their weekly episodes get like seventy thousand viewers. So I'm just basing off that. If you've got twelve thousand paying a monthly fee to see it, that's got to be good. But again, I, I'm not an expert in this. Any insight into what these numbers yeah like. i mean like i work in i work in sports streaming when i'm not doing pro wrestling so i mean twelve thousand is twelve thousand you know they're paying it's 9.99 a month for the honor club so that's uh almost one hundred and twenty thousand. and then when you extrapolate that times 12 for 12 months in a year you're looking at 1.4 million off of that now wow. obviously a, a, a percentage of that you know there's a there's maintaining the infrastructure of the stream and the, of the platform and having make sure everything was working right um 
you know, who knows what that percentage is. I mean, it's it, it's 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 very attractive for the ROH brand. And I believe Tony in saying that ROH probably never had that many. And this should be the highest because ROH's honor club and, and the ability to subscribe for it has never had a greater TV platform than what Tony Khan can provide via uh, Dynamite. So it should be the highest. Um, you know, I don't know what he paid for Ring of Honor. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, you know, but I also look, I'm like, all right, so 1.4 total in revenue, but again, a portion that's going to have to go out and be divvied out to a lot of things before Tony takes his portion home. You know, he's got a lot of guys under contract word is most guys and girls, he signs under contract are getting six figures. So when you really actually put it down, it doesn't like it. It doesn't sound like it's putting a dent in anything. Now, again, I, there's a lot of unknowns that I don't know, but I mean, you know, 12,000, 12,000, but that's not, you know, that's not, um, Jimmy's right. For for all the you know, it's still in TV. For all the mm-hmm. talk about how people cut the cord and this and that, and it is happening. I mean, it's a very real thing. There's still a reason why you're seeing so much mergers merging happen on the streaming side of things. Nobody, you know, Netflix just in 2022, Netflix slashed a ton of people because it's like the bubbles finally burst. Like you have to have a you have to have a crap ton of content to get people to subscribe, mm-hmm. but. It, it costs a lot to have said content. That's why the WWE Network is kind of a brilliant thing. The WWE Network is a crap ton of content that they've already paid for and is done with over the last 40 years, right? So that's why the WWE Network is kind of brilliant. And, and, and Vince is, uh, you know, I know, we, and, and I will be, and I will be critical of Vince, but but he does have that tremendous library, and that's why the WWE Network is so tremendous, so brilliant because you're just making money off of things that have already that you again they've, you've already worked the check for. So. Uh, you know, streaming, it, it is the way of the future for the technology purposes, but nobody has quite figured out how to make enough money to make it all make sense. Everybody knows that if, if they're a channel on cable, they need to also have a streaming option too. Hey, we'll put the content on streaming first and then it'll be here the next day, but nobody's still quite figured out that secret sauce of how to make it all work. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how it continues to play out and what they end up doing with it. Uh, speaking of that WWE Network, the brainchild behind the whole thing vince mcmahon reportedly was backstage at tonight's ww raw i believe it was fightful said uh that there was a report that that vince mcmahon was there and the talents do not know why he was there and that they were not briefed about this ahead of time they said uh the word on mcmahon is that he quote looked different now um he could have been there just to see john cena they're saying they're saying that um uh, they have a good relationship with each other. That could be the case, Justin. Uh, what is this a, a, a big nothing burger, or should all of us be terrified that our WrestleMania dreams are about to get hijacked? Well, based upon what we saw tonight on Raw, nothing seemed like it was, you know, a huge left turn, huge U turn. Uh, so I don't think we need to. F- it, it matters. Okay, it does matter. This is the first time that we are aware. And we probably would have been aware if it happened prior. This is the first time since July, since Vince had his first retirement, that he's been at a TV. So that is a big deal. It is. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's also a big deal because we've heard so much about, uh, we've heard it in reports, I can vouch from some firsthand uh, people, that morale and everything has just been generally up. It just, without Vince there under the new regime, it's, it's just a, it's a different way of, of things going about, but most guys and girls feel pretty good about it. And so, and I said, even when Vince came back in the boardroom, and that was the big story as we came into 2023, boardroom's one thing. That's a high level, very whatever. I said, I said, as long as he's not on the road at TV, 
that morale and that whatever that that that, that Triple H and his team has captured can remain. So yes, having him at a TV on the road to Mania, uh, that is a that is especially if the talent didn't know ahead of time, which it sounds like they didn't. That is gonna like that's gonna make people stop in the tracks and get a little whatever. But I do think considering it is John Cena, uh, Vince and John obviously have a very special relationship. Why wouldn't they? They made a lot of money together in the last twenty years. Uh, if that's a fact, and I'm even, I, it's even being thought that maybe Vince didn't even stick around for the whole show. He just saw John, hung out, and then left. Uh, I, I think it's it, it becomes less of a big deal. Uh, it becomes or it becomes less of an impact. You know, everything the Triple H and company have been booking still seem to follow through tonight. It's not like anybody came in. It's not like Vince came in and ripped up the script and wrote a new one. So. Jimmy, they said, "quote looked different." What what do you think that means? Does uh, we've had in the chat people say maybe he's he's got a mustache now? <laughs> what do you think? Do you think he? You think Vince is walking on air now, a little less stressed? Do you think maybe he's like, hey, I sold this company, baby. I'm even more billionaire than I was before. Or do you think he's been hitting the gym more? What's going on with Vince? How do you think he looks right now? Uh, I, I can only imagine because Vince barely slept and still went to the gym every day. I mean, like, here's a guy who you talk about workaholic. He is the absolute definition of uh, of workaholic. He devoted his entire every bit of his time to the company to to try and make it the success it became. At the same time, having him there and backstage also projects and he projects this aura. Mm-hmm. So, you, you know, I could see maybe some of the talents as he's walking by going, oh, he's here. Oh, okay, do I have to be on my best behavior and that sort of thing? But I got I kind of got this feeling that, yes, it was nice of him to, to be there and he probably misses being backstage. But like Justin said, a lot of it had to do with him and John Cena have do, do have a special rapport. They do have a, 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 a really good friendship. So I think that had a lot to do with it. And it was also maybe a little bit of a feeling out process. Mm-hmm. to see how the talent, how everybody reacts to him being there and not really just going around and, and playing boss again, but just kind of hanging out and kind of getting a feel for how everything is going. Because like like you guys said, it doesn't look like anything really changed going into WrestleMania creatively. And uh, hey, as someone who has, has been absorbed by that aura that he projects, I could I could – since maybe some people were feeling a bit uneasy, but if he had that mustache, that would make me feel a little more relaxed. The mustache <laughs> thing throws me because Jimmy, isn't it famous? Isn't that one of the famous? You know, we all know he hates sneezing. We know he hates. Yeah, but didn't he used to shave vigorously because he doesn't want the beard to win? He doesn't want the facial hair to out. To, he wants to be in control. He doesn't want something. He doesn't want something there that he doesn't yeah. dictate. Yeah, and he he hated that when we had facial hair, <laughs> especially referees. It's different for the talent. But he hated when referees had facial hair. So I had to get permission because my wife wanted me to grow it for our wedding way back in the day. So I had to get special permission. So I went to JR first and all that sort of bit. And then he went to Vince. He says, come with me. And we went to Vince and blah, blah, blah. And Vince said, if you grow it and you show up on TV with it, then you you never shave it off. It stays. Because he didn't want any change too much. You know what I mean? Mm. Uh, See, that's even funny that he does that to you because I get it. I get it. I understand if um, if said if said talent comes and says, "Hey, I want to change my hair color, I want to cut it short," and it's like, "No, we have video games, merchandise, and t-shirt, and everything with your image like this, we can't go just change it in a whim." But <laughs> a referee, and, and after a while, he outlawed even naming you guys. You guys were just the the referee. We, we couldn't even yeah. name you by name. Mm-hmm. So that's so funny to me. <clears throat> 
Yeah, it's that's always been weird to me. I always feel like the more you know the people in the ring, the better all around. But I don't know. I've never ran a billion dollar business. Uh, speaking <laughs> of billion dollar businesses, though, bookies.com has released its betting odds for which potential buyer is most likely to purchase the WWE with NBC Universal, the parent company uh, being Comcast, currently seen as the most likely candidate, according to the odds makers. Not far behind them is Disney, followed by Amazon, and then it gets a little hazy with uh, Endeavor still listed as a bio- buyer. Justin, uh, if you're betting, who? <laughs> I mean, I feel like this isn't necessarily new information. It's just interesting when bookies yeah. say it because bookies have a very weird way of knowing things. Yeah, I mean, they're they're they don't once they put this out there. They, I mean, once they're willing now to absorb hits absorb financial hits and that and i got this email as well so that's why i was kind of um look five years ago i think i said on a podcast to my my mind disney and this is is way before all this i was like oh WWE never sell be a family company forever you know triple h and stephanie's kids and whatever whatever i said if they ever did sell it'd be to disney disney would be the one this is before disney plus i said disney would be the one that would understand the value of wb and live events and this and that so disney's still there but yeah i mean comcast makes the most sense NBC is, has been in has been in business with WWE for so many years, dating back to Saturday Night's Main Event and 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 all that stuff. And obviously, you know, Raw's on is falls under that umbrella. So why wouldn't you just go ahead and they have Peacock with the networks? Why wouldn't you just go ahead and absorb the whole damn thing? Um, the interesting thing about that list, though, Jack, you know who wasn't on that list? The Saudi Arabia investment group that mm-hmm. has been heavily rumored. That's what struck me the most was well, where are they? So. Right, which, which goes both, which which could go a couple of different ways, uh, Jimmy, because it could be that they're just not an option, or it could be that if you're a b- odds maker, you don't want the person who's likely to win be an option to bet on. You want everyone to lose, right? So not putting them as a person to bet on would also make sense, right? Now, I guess in, in a bet in the betting world, yes, that would make sense if you're the one who's running the odds, like you said. Uh, the company putting them out there. But at the same time, there has to be something behind why they are not on that list. I think more than just that the company doesn't want to um, lose money, let's put it that way. And as far as who the number one contender is, uh, according to the odds, uh, NBC, Universal, Comcast, whatever you want to call them, they are comfortable with WWE and they see the numbers. They see the numbers when it comes to advertising and how much money they are bringing in and that sort of thing. So they have the best handle on things on how to run this company, but not only how to run this company on who are the right people in the right positions. I think they're the ones who would probably not shake the tree too much to lose too much of of who will be in charge of, let's say, creative uh, and all that sort of thing. So they would be the ones who would be, in my opinion, less likely to, um, you know, have more turnover, yeah. let's put it that way, uh, and 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 let the people run the company, run it the way they do it until they see numbers decline. I want to ask one thing though before we move off to this topic, and I and especially because tonight we saw an announcement about King of the Ring, and 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 they're bringing that back. And it's going to be in, in Saudi Arabia. If if the if if the Saudi group actually were, were the ones to give Vince the number that he wants, and because this person's a hot a hot topic, hot commodity. What happens with Sami Zayn? Because Sami does not go to Saudi Arabia because uh, he, he's 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 a, a Syrian, I believe, and he does not go to Saudi Arabia because of 
of, of geopolitics and and, mm -hmm. and, and, a, and a lot of serious stuff that I don't know enough about, so I don't really want to talk about. But I know he doesn't go. And I and I, I, I just thought about that in this time, which where Sammy's got to having the best wave of screen. I, mean, I thought to myself, like, whoa, what would happen? Like, would he be allowed to work for the company? Would he want to work for the company that the signature on his check is like, I don't know. That was just a weird thought. You guys don't have to have an answer. I just want to throw that out there. Yeah. I just, it was something I haven't even put out there in the public, but I was just kind of curious, like, what would that look like? And I know there's other talents who have said they don't necessarily want to go to the Saudi shows for one reason or another. And that just made me think a lot about that. Yeah. And, 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 and a lot of fans out there that, that view it as a negative thing. So, uh, yeah, it'd be a very fascinating thing to see happen. Uh, we do have some super chats, though. And uh, Ralph, the ace, I see your super chat. I will get to it once we get to the John Cena segment. And uh, Randy, I see yours as well. We'll get to that when we get to the Elias segment. Uh, but uh, Randy, you also have this one kind of in the same ballpark of what we're talking about now. So we'll get to it now. It says, uh, Randy Hawkins says, I feel Tony Khan might convince Stephanie McMahon and The Rock to help him buy it. Tony wants WWE AEW crossover show. Uh, Jimmy Corduroy Corderas, uh, what um, if you were running bookies.com, what would you put the odds at of Tony Khan, Stephanie McMahon, and The Rock coming together to buy a WWE? Uh, I would, uh, I wouldn't even put it on the list, they'd be further down the list than the Saudi. Yeah. Yeah, let's put no, uh, you know, Randy, uh, interesting thought, but I just do not envision that happening. Yeah, if anything, I mean, look, The Rock has taught, he's been public about how he's grown up with Nick Khan, who's, of course, part of the WWE executive manager. Nick Khan's sister is one of the creators of the Young Rock TV show that Rock is doing. If anything, The Rock would put together a group of investors. And, and would give Vince the number he wants and would continue the lineage of WWE in that regard. I mean, Stephanie McMahon's known The Rock since the, he came into the business. You think you think you think she's going to you think she's going to team up with him and with a Tony? No, it, no that's that's just that's just wild. If I don't rule out The Rock ever getting I mean, he's, he's bought the XFL. I don't get a, a, he's, he's got tequila and many other things and production companies. I don't rule out as him being an option to be an investor in a group to continue the live event spectacle that is wwe but he's got a lot of other rich friends <laughs> you know, he doesn't need tony Khan. To do it. yeah yeah I, I i don't see that happening either uh we also got a super chat now is as good a time as any to get into it from um from one and one i apologize if i get the last name right wrong but one uh Orlana asking are they gonna have a hall of fame this year justin this we're getting very close to wrestlemania with no hall of fame announcement yeah, this is probably the latest they've ever gone without having one, uh, even one person. I, I, I've, I keep hearing through the grapevine that, that Batista would be the headliner. Um, you're in LA, obviously Batista's you know rising up in Hollywood, so there's that makes sense there. Uh, of course, The Rock is the biggest Hollywood star in Hollywood, but I think it's been very clear that would be a weird lack of synergy if you had The Rock headlining the Hall of Fame. If he if he could get there to do the Hall of Fame, x amount of days prior but you couldn't get him for what was the big fantasy drummed up match of he versus Roman. So I don't think they go the, the route with the rock. Um, but I, I, I don't know. I don't know what the holdup is. I mean, I, I think again, hall of fame is no longer the big uh, uh, ticket attraction the night before mania. Now that mania is two nights and then you have SmackDown the night before that. So I, I think probably from a marketing standpoint, the entire approach to hall of fame now that we're on the other side of the pandemic has completely changed. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I I feel like Batista is the guy. I I know everyone says that The Rock, it's Hollywood, whatever. But The Rock's The Rock. You could he could go in in any city on planet Earth, and it's they're a big in deal. they're in Philly mm-hmm. next year. He grew well, you know, he a portion of his life grew up uh, in that part of Pennsylvania. I mean, that that the Samoans have a uh, you know a lot of hit. I mean, so yeah, I mean, you can literally yeah, you're right. You can literally draw a link to yeah. The Rock anywhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they'll have plenty of time for that. Uh, and, I think, and and oh yeah, sorry, sorry to cut you. Off, yeah, but it is it like you said? A logistics has a lot to do with it too. Because if you look at WrestleMania week now, WrestleMania being Saturday and Sunday, and you talk about the Monday after and the Friday before, and NXT also has to have their program on. It's almost like where do you squeeze it in? Mm-hmm. There's nowhere. To, you know what I mean? You've already. You're you're already draining the uh, the fans' pocketbooks with uh, several nights of uh, uh, four. Well, if you include the NXT show, five shows plus, you know, the other stuff, the convention that they do there, and the meet and greets and all that kind of stuff. So, yes, it'd be nice to have that Hall of Fame, but where do you squeeze it in? Yeah, I. There's so much stuff going on. We talked at the very beginning about squeezing as much money as you can mm-hmm. out of the fans, though. Uh, let's before we get into the breakdown of the show, Justin. You mentioned uh, King and Queen of the Ring. Let's just knock it out now before we get into the rundown of the show because I feel like that's now's a good time as any to start talking about it. I'm a huge fan of King of the Ring. I'm super excited about it being brought back under the under the new creative that we're in. I love that it, we get King and Queen of the Ring. I think it makes total sense. I'm excited for it. I'm kind of sold on this show already. I want to see it. What what say you, Justin? No, I agree. I like that it's at the it's it's late May, which the King of the Ring back when it was a pay per view in the day was in June, so we're close to this time in the calendar, and that's important because it's kind of a bridge uh, between Mania and SummerSlam. You know, the, the King of the Ring traditionally in the '90s, uh, whoever won it, that was impactful. It, it, it was, you know, essentially you know declaring this person not necessarily the number one contender immediately but that they are you know they're on the rise and the fact that triple h is in charge of creative he's he's a guy who king you know he's spoken about this and the king of ring king of the ring is very big in his career you know he was supposed to be the winner in 96 it got pulled from him because of the curtain call and he got punished for a year it went famously to austin thank god that it did uh but then he got it the next year in 97 and that really propelled him triple h to the next level of his career then into DX and such. So but my point being, I, I think he's he's absolutely already booking in his mind, even if he hasn't shared it with his colleagues, he's already booking in his mind and has a short list of who makes sense to get that crown for the men and for the women's rosters for what we want to do with them for the remainder of 2023. So, um, yeah. And then, again, say what you want about Saudi Arabia, whatever, whatever, politics and all the stuff. But, you know, they're in the kingdom of Saudi Arabia, so crowning the king. And there, there is some marketing there that's very, uh, very low-hanging fruit. Um, and it's also something, again, you need to give these Saudi shows, you know, they, they, they have to call, they always have to give some kind of big marquee for them. We see them call the Goldbergs and the Undertakers and whatever the worlds to, 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 so it's nice to be able to basically pull a premium, a pay-per-view from the past and just infuse that in as, okay, we're going to deliver you a stadium show. And hey, how about that? A king of the ring. First time ever in a stadium setting. That's going to make it even, even grander. Jimmy, I love these one-night King of the Rings. I love these terms. As a kid, they were one of my favorite things. And even growing up, I, I loved them. And even as they started to fade, I think they're just fun. Tournaments just always pique my interest. As someone who's been there, though, who's worked on these shows, 
what's it like backstage? Are people into it? Or are they like, I got to wrestle three times in one night? Like, what's what's it kind of like from the backside? No, or the backstage it, side of things. No, it, well, it, it trust me, they don't mind it when they see their paycheck because they, they, they are compensated uh, for having three matches, let's say, if they are doing the three matches in the show. And it's not only that, it's just the, the prestige of being in that tournament. And like Justin said, it was it, a tournament that catapulted many careers. And this is what could happen too, especially under the uh, the uh, the booking uh, or pencil creative of Triple H. We could see... Uh, there are so many options out there and who could be king of the ring. You, and you can make a case for at least half a dozen guys right off the top of my head and say, hey, this person could be king of the uh, king of the ring. Mm -hmm. and this person then, you know, because we're not seeing, for example, somebody like a Sami Zayn uh, taking the title from, from Roman Reigns. Sami Zayn becomes a contender. Kevin Owens come, becomes a contender. Well, but again, it's it's in yeah. Saudi. So Sami Zayn going there. But uh, no, right. Right. But you, there's a lot of other guys. There's well, a lot uh, yeah, to your point in the chat, we've already got people saying guys like Montez Ford, L.A. Knight. Uh, we saw I saw Karrion Cross, I saw Austin Theory, I saw Jinder Mahal. Um, lots of different options. There. Johnny Gargano. I mean, Gargano. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love it. What I like too is it's usually the people who aren't there yet is what makes it great. Is it's usually the people who like. I like that it's a lot of it's. It's not like Cody Rhodes and Roman Reigns and all the guys who have been to the top already it's the people who are like on that cusp and that's what makes right. it fun is you know kind of like the way money in the bank is a lot of times mm -hmm. or in some cases where it's those right. people that almost there um we're about to get into the show but we did just get a super chat i want to make sure i throw out there from cj hannah c saying hey justin and jack and i can't say it jimmy maybe you can uh yasu yasu jimmy yasu jimmy great. Yes. Uh, just left the show and holy asterisk, 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 asterisk. What a great raw. Boston showed up and was loud. Have a great mm -hmm. night, guys. Awesome. Yeah, seemed like a great nice, CJ. Thanks yeah, for thank you, it. CJ. Thanks and, for popping and in yes. afterwards. As we say in Greek. <laughs> uh, oh, we also got a King Dexter Loomis and we also got a um, Champa in there. All oh, just interesting. Wow. See, yeah. All good stuff. So maybe, maybe maybe this is the time to finally put put the uh, uh, Baron Corbin stuff to rest. Anyways, uh, never. Or no, Return of the King. That's <laughs> <laughs> well. Let's talk about this show now that we're thirty six yeah. minutes in. Let's yeah. talk about the show as always. Though, like, comment, share, subscribe. Even if you're already in the chat chatting, it's always helpful to hit the like button and leave a little comment. It's an SEO thing, so leave a comment even if it's just to say. Geez, you guys are the greatest hosts I've ever seen. And you guys can just copy that. You don't even need to think of something. Just write, you guys are the best hosts I've ever seen. Uh, but thanks, everyone in the chat. Ash, Sergio, Forgotten MMA, Tut Graf, Winston, uh, Michael. We've got Night One, Dylan Matthews, Dream Realm Studios. Uh, Mike, uh, Mike, I think I said that. Swerve Show, Randy Hawkins, Deadpool Party, Baby Ice, Azel. Oh, some names I haven't seen before. Also, Stephen Camp, Victor, uh, and uh, a bunch of other folks. Adam uh so tokyo adam so tokyo i uh yeah ricky cm punks a lot, a lot of you guys there's, i i'm trying i'm trying to get to everybody but there's a lot of folks chatting here huffman elite training randy nine two seven two nine uh thank you guys so much for joining us john millard let's talk about this show we start we start with before the night starts we start earlier in the night the bloodline shows up and that leads us right into the first match we get a back and forth. Jimmy gets involved. And before KO can pin solo, Jimmy causes a DQ. Post-match beatdown ensues. Sammy comes to make the save. 
And instead of taking his hand, Kevin Owens rolls away. The story uh, here is is great. Justin, I want you to kind of talk me through the match, but also looking at who he's beaten and hung in there with, is Solo Sokoa a world champion level guy? Not yet, but they have done a damn good job in protecting him since his debut at the end of the summer. I, I mean, everything down to the, the booking decisions of, of, of his uh, the finishes of his matches, even to just the little things. If he does not break the smile, he's not break character. He he's like, even though he's the newest and the youngest there in the bloodline, he's the one that when all else fails, Roman will turn to and say, "Come with me." You know. So, um, talk about King of the Ring. What a scenario that would be. Uh, yeah. If he's he's the trusted young buck that sits under the learning tree of the of the tribal chief. But he goes out and wins that crown. And does he start to does he start to overvalue himself in that family with that crown? Is, is, does he see himself? Is he all of a sudden making himself a threat to the tribal chief, to the head of the table? I'm fantasy booking here, but uh, he's not world yeah. champion yet. Right. But there is certainly that uh, they have protected him as best as I've seen them protect anybody re- in recent memory. Uh, that he could be. You still have to develop more layers to him. He still has to communicate eventually. There still has to be stuff to get. We have to get more backstory. Uh, but but he certainly, they have not done anything wrong with him at this point. That that's that's that, that's a huge compliment. Yeah, Jimmy. I, I keep looking back and thinking when he came up, I thought, oh, this is the guy that's going to eat the pins for the bloodline, and it's been the uh, the exact opposite. I don't know if he's ever been pinned. I mean, I mean, technically, they, you know, they they sort of shenanigan their way around it tonight but mm-hmm. um i don't think i've ever actually seen him get pinned uh what i want to chat with you about jimmy here is later in the night in the storage area sammy says hey uh we don't need to be friends but we need to fight you can't fight the bloodline alone and ko's like yeah no duh i just don't want to do it with you i mm-hmm. uh, how do you feel about this story so far i think everyone keeps waiting for them to come together but they don't seem like it's happening at all and, that, and that's the beauty of it because they swerved everybody. You thought when, when Sammy came out and did his thing and it looked like they had that moment, that stare off in the ring after, after the match and KO just rolled out and walked away. It's like, and left him hanging. And then Sammy tried to just talk him into it. Like you said, and say, listen, we don't have to be friends, but we need to work together against these guys because I know what it's like. I've been part of this group and, you know, and, and KO just, not wanting anything to do with him and not wanting to, to collaborate with Sammy. It's a nice added piece to the story because everybody's expecting him waiting for this, these guys to uh, let all the conflict subside and get back together and do the damage to the bloodline that needs to be done. It's kind of, we'll get to the end uh, of the night later, but Mm -hmm. still I I'm enjoying this story on so many different levels because they are keeping me interested and it, you talk about weekly episodic television drawing you in. That's mm-hmm. what is this is all about. And I I can't even spit out the words properly. You know what I'm saying? This is this has got me enthralled. It's got me interested. It's got me wanting to see where it goes next. And and, and just to top that, just mm-hmm. the the topping on the cake. Can I'm gonna put, uh, can we put up uh, Bernie's? Um, and I agree. Like how Kevin Owens said, or, or Bernie says, just love how the stories work so well and even more so when the cities line up and they give it added meaning with previous shows in the same building. Yeah, I mean, they capitalized off Canada and Edge and what have you. But yeah, like, you know, KO saying it was in this building where you, you Sammy, declared your allegiance to the bloodline. You know, that 
God, what what a what a simple yet beautiful gift that is uh, to just so long just to show consistency and acknowledging what you did months earlier. Yeah. And to CJ's CJ Hennessy's point earlier in the chat, mentioned how loud the building is. If I'm in the building and I was there for uh, for the uh, survive for that for that uh, war games, and I, I saw it, and I was like, in that moment, and then they bring it up again. I'm like, oh my god, hey, I'm nudging the person. We were there. Remember that they're talking about. It. That's so cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but we got a super chat. Just I'm throwing this one to you. The Nerds Delight podcast says, love you guys. Thank you, Nerds Delight. Uh, is Sammy a future world champion? I, I can't dismiss it because he's been, it's been very impressive, the the result of this of this long-term storytelling. Um, I mean, he is getting consistent pops, and obviously we'll talk about when we get to the main event, the, the, the investment the crowd has in him, and that's the thing. And, and, I, and again, I'm going to be the first one to say this. I, I thought years ago, Sammy Zane, I'm like, this, you know, there's a reason why this guy fought under a mask called El Generico. Like, I mean, I, I really thought that he was just, but, and I'm, and I, I'm happy to say I, I'm wrong. It took the right story, the right situation, but he had to excel in it. He had to make it work and he did make it work and I'm happy for him. Um, so I can't dismiss it. I, there is a chance that he could be a world champion. I, it, it's I'm, I'm really curious. I think we know where we're going for Mania, which we'll talk about the main event tonight. I think we know where we're going for Mania. I'm really curious. What's the night after Mania look like? What's the Friday after Mania? That I want to see. Um, but yeah, I'm not going to dismiss it because he is he has evolved into a whole nother level in his career with the fans and the investment they have in him. Yeah, uh, I'll always say my big swing and a miss was I thought Seth Rollins was never going to make it. And now he's like my favorite and he's incredible. Uh, but, um, but yeah, I, that's why when elimination came around, like he has to win the title. I'm like, look, this guy, when it, he could win a, in a year from now and it's plays is still going to go nuts. Mm-hmm. If, if it happens, it'll, it'll be a big deal. So, uh, we move forward. We get a promo of Bobby Lashley uh, just kind of sitting by himself talking. And he asks Bray what it will take for Bray Wyatt to face him like a man as the screen glitches with the Bray Wyatt logo. Jimmy, the screen glitches just don't hit the same when it's happening behind the person who is actively calling out Bray Wyatt. Yeah, and and him not acknowledging it. Yeah, because you know, if he doesn't acknowledge it, then what's what's the thing? It's it's more for the home audience to see and go. Oh, did you see that? Bobby didn't notice that. You know, I guess that's that was the idea behind it. But you know, there's been talk about uh, you know the 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 magic, so to speak, behind mm-hmm. the Bray Wyatt stuff and Bobby being a tough, you know, you know, hands-on kind of guy. Does just matchup work. I think it can work depending on how Bobby uh, is portrayed in this thing. I don't, I don't want him to look like a, someone who is like, Ooh, what was that? I don't want him to look like uh, he's being spooked. Let's put it that way. I want him to look like a world beater and we'll see what happens because as of right now, Bobby is not a heel technically speaking, but neither is Bray. So that's where I'm curious to see where this situation goes and who's going to be portrayed as the evil villain here. Justin, I know, I know you've got something to say and I want you to, I want you to say, I want you to give your thoughts, but also because I know everyone enjoys hearing your fantasy booking. I want you to fix this for mania. What would you do to make Bray Bobby 
work for Mania. Look, and I and I, I you know, Raj and I have, have famously fought about this uh, publicly and privately. I like the Bray stuff. I don't mind some magic. I like some special effects and some supernatural. I think that really there's the E part of the business of the of the WWE. Uh, all of that said, I, I don't, I, I don't know, I don't know why. Like, why is Bray? Like, I, you know, I know Bray said he was going to call out the winner of Bobby or Brock, and Bobby technically won, but why? Mm-hmm. Just give me some more context. Is it because you see the two alpha males and hey man, I'm here to tell you it's not all about the brawn, it's not all about the muscle, but it's about what do you got in here? Like, I don't know, give me some riddle and rhyme and tell me why did you want to call it the winner of that? Do you care about being world champion? Do you see the winner of that as being an obstacle that stands in front of you being a number one contender? Does somebody owe you lunch money? Give me a freaking reason of why you have a problem, why you need to spooky spook and chase them. If if you give me that, the other thing is is that I feel like the, the there was a it was a great marketing campaign of how they had Bray return right. The way they had him return with all the little Easter eggs and things they did was 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 awesome. I mean, you got the the holy crap chance when he came out at uh, Extreme Rules, mm-hmm. um, all well done, and all these kind of hints that like there's the Wyatt Six and there's so him and there's Uncle Howdy. If, if he's building a stable, we need to get faster to it. Whatever we're doing, we need to get faster to it because it's. It's it's just taking too long, in my opinion. Yep. And lastly, they show the clip uh, from SmackDown. I know this is not a SmackDown podcast, but I didn't talk SmackDown, so I'm going to give my thought now. I'm interested in the Uncle Howdy uh, dynamic. Don't show Uncle Howdy when the lights are fully up. Uncle Uncle Howdy, when he's got a crazy light behind him and he's posing and doing things, or when he's jumping off a thing with Pyro, when Uncle Howdy is dressed up and in shadows and in whatever, Uncle Howdy is an interesting-looking character, especially because I don't, you know, I want to know the backstory. Uncle Howdy, when the full house lights are on, and I just see him uh, getting slammed by Bobby Lashley, Uncle Howdy looks like a jabroni in a mask. Don't have Uncle Howdy anymore in a fully lit ring. I just, it, just, it, it, it takes any mystique away from Uncle Howdy. That's my I, Yeah, I agree. He looked like a punk getting... Mm-hmm. I, I was actually thinking to myself today, like, of all the groups now... He seems like the the weakest side character of all the different stables and groups because he just got that, that was like his first physical interaction and he got planted with ease and he didn't. Mm-hmm. I, I I'm absolutely I'm absolutely with you, Justin. I how does Rick Boogs have more story at this point <laughs> when we've given so much time to Bray Wyatt to tell his story? But mm-hmm. I know what Boogs is doing. I mean, we'll we'll talk about that in a little bit. I don't mm-hmm. want to jump ahead but the, the point is i know i know what everyone else is doing but bray wyatt outside of the bloodline has had more time than anybody to tell a story and we got the muscle man it, it, it just it's just it's just mm-hmm. I, and, and look and, and and jimmy and i both on the same wavelength with this it's episodic television keep you tuning in next week i get that but it there gets a point where you become too slow moving mm-hmm. and i and i lose faith in you giving me a reason and an explanation and an advancement to the story and I'm starting to creep into that. I was willing to blame Vince in previous creative in the past, you know, of, oh, we're going to have the Fiend lose in Hell in a Cell because of this crazy thing. Like, I was willing to say, okay, the creative vision got stomped, got stopped and, 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 and whatever. But we're in the whole new creative world now. And I feel like things are just moving too slow. I, you need to give me payoff and advancement. If Wyatt's building this, Wyatt's, it, 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 then we, I, I don't know. We, I need more. 
again, why are yeah. you fighting? Why, why do you have a problem with Bobby Lashley? Yeah. Why? Yeah. Is he an alpha male? Is he in the way reasons. of the world title? <clears throat> is this the OU lunch money? Give me one reasons. We need reasons. I need reasons. Is it the white rabbit that was talked about before? Or oh, we forgot about that. Or yeah. is it the uh Alexa Bliss stuff? Oh, we forgot about that. I don't mm-hmm. I know. There's just it feels like stuff's being thrown out there to be be weird, and then they're like, ah, forget it, and they move to the next thing. It's it's actually very old WWE, and by old I mean before yeah. Triple H took over, where it feels like they just throw stuff at you, and eh, maybe this works, maybe it doesn't, and then we forget about it the next day. I'll come. Uh, final word. I'll commend Bray on this. Bray's managed to keep his character and his gimmick on TV for the last four or five months, and he's had to take minimal bumps. He's had one, one TV match. I commend yeah. him on that. He's managed to convince the powers to be, I'm going to do all this, and I'm going to take minimal bumps. So props to him and his physical health. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's that's a smart move on his, but that's a good point. Even, uh, the, even the big finale at the Rumble. Yeah. Uncle yeah, Howdy true. jumped from the scaffolding and did the big spot. True. Which, I, again, I don't know what that has to do with the muscle man dance, but here mm-hmm. we are. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Uh, we move on. Now, this is something, speaking of people who already have a story and I'm interested in, Carmella and Chelsea Green are besties that just keep on besting, and they're going to go complain to Adam Pierce's boss. 
But first, uh, we get a match between Carmella and Bianca Belair. And this was, all things considered, a pretty long one, but it was fun. Chelsea Green tries to help her new bestie, but it doesn't work out. Bianca still gets the win. And after the match, Chelsea tries to beat down Bianca, but Asuka shows up and spits in her face, and we get the respectful stare down between Asuka and Bianca. Jimmy, are we headed at full speed towards a can they coexist tag team match? Um, I'm hoping not, but at the same time, maybe that's where we get the incident that turns, I don't want to say turns uh, Asuka against uh, the crowd, so to speak, because mm-hmm. this is this is one situation where, you know, I'm usually the one that complains. Who's the baby face? Who's the heel in this thing? This is one of those ma- matchups where, hey, I'm okay with these two facing each other without a clear distinction here. Because, you know, Asuka in her mannerisms, especially spitting the mist, is technically a heel move. But mm-hmm. she is she is using it in a way that people like because she's spitting into heels' faces, so to speak. Um, but it, I, I like the story being told here. I like the fact that they are showing a bit of conflict, but there's a little bit of confidence being shown by Asuka as well. Going into this mm-hmm. where, hey, I don't need to jump you. I don't need to spit uh, blue mist in your face. Uh, yeah. you, you know, so, and, and, you know, the, mutual, there. yes, yeah. the mutual respect thing and the pointing of the sign. And, and I, I'm, I'm fine with it in this case. It's one of the rare cases where I don't mind not having a clear cut heel and baby face going into a match. Yeah. Justin, do you agree? Or do you think there needs to, they move, need to move beyond the respect for each other and spice things up? Well, I mean, you, you gotta, you gotta add a little fury that, so they're going to have to add a little heat in the coming weeks, but I'm surprised by this on, on, on a couple of levels. Uh, Jimmy kind of t- late uh, teed me up here. So I'm going to finish it. I'm surprised that, you know, Oscar came back at the rumble and she was got a, an overreaction. Uh, you know, she's over like Rover. I'm surprised that they would decide to jeopardize. Cause whenever you do face versus face, you jeopardize losing the momentum of one of those faces, right? You're, you're asking the audience to choose. Mm-hmm. So I'm surprised you have a natural baby face in Bianca. You have Asuka, who, who's, who's over the people. I'm surprised they wanted to go that route, especially when one of them in Asuka does not do a whole lot of talking. And when she does, the gimmick is kind of she talks so intensely and incoherently because she's she's she, she, she mixes in Japanese and whatever. Like it like she doesn't she's not cutting promos. She's not going to cut a promo like Cena cut. Later tonight, right? I mean, so I am a little surprised by all this. I feel like it's a a little bit of a risk. Uh, I am surprised, and I'm also surprised. And but this is good that the audience is still with Oscar as much as they are. Normally, I'm and I'm kind of you know, again, WWE has not had a great track record of having Japanese stars be taken seriously. Mm -hmm. Um, the last Japanese gimmick that was taken seriously was portrayed by a guy who was Samoan who wasn't Japanese. His name was Yokozuna. Every every character they tried to have be related to Japanese culture since then, whether it be Tajiri, whether Matt Bloom's Lord Tensai, <laughs> whether uh, name other, it, it, it becomes goofy. It becomes, oh, they don't speak English. Oh, we got to give them mist to spit. And, and she's spitting the mist, so she's falling into the... But, but she's still getting over. I can only assume because of the intensity of her physicality. It, I'm I, I'm really kind of baffled by this whole thing. I'm still baffled that they're going this route. I'm, I'm here to watch it. I'm looking forward to the Mania match, but I am still surprised 
that they decided to go this route. They could have said, you know, we're going to hold Asuka off until night after Mania, and let's just build up Carmella as being the Carmella we see, and let's just have her go in there and let her get her ass kicked by Bianca at Mania. I'm surprised they're going this route with Asuka. I really am. Yeah, it'll be hard for them. If if the show was this week, I'd say they're fine, but they've still got a lot of TV time to fill between now and then. It looks like Carmella and Chelsea Green are going to do some heavy lifting in that process, but we'll see how we get there. Uh, one of the big moments of the night was, of course, the return of the greatest of all time, the GOAT, as they say. Logan Paul comes out for Ms. TV. <laughs> <laughs> uh, for his face to face, all you LA types are all the same. <laughs> You're, I'm sorry, the Miz also was there. Uh, so, um, they come out for their face to face. The crowd sings until Logan Paul tells them that they have a time limit, which I absolutely loved. And uh, every time Paul tries to talk trash, the crowd sings over him. Uh, eventually, Miz says he's gonna make the match for Mania, and then Paul sucker punches Seth Rollins before agreeing to the match as well. Justin, I love everything about this segment. This was, to me, this was a, a pro wrestling promo. This was exactly what you want. I loved it. I thought everyone played their part. And dare I say, if, if Logan Paul, he's super successful, so good for him. But in another world, if he grew up just wanting to be a pro wrestler, he would have been an all-timer. So, he just gets it, I think. Uh, I'm going to keep it simple. When this segment was on, my eight-year-old daughter was in the room, and my wife was also in the room. And they both, in their own words, said, man, that guy's really good. And like, I, I, He's a total, like, you know, I'm, I'm paraphrasing here. Yeah. He's a total douche. I don't got to add, I've been a fan, I've been a wrestling fan for 30-plus years. I don't got to add any of my expertise an eight-year-old girl i won't say my wife's age but an adult woman <laughs> smart man <laughs> both both just looked at the tv isolated um and just said that guy's an easy guy to hate case closed bing bang boom uh, i don't gotta offer anything else circle gets the square i'm telling you yeah jimmy this uh, he the way even the little things like, hey, we got a time limit. For some reason, I was like, one, it's true. And two, <laughs> it is such a good way to get everyone to like be loud, which is exactly what he wanted them to do. And like, don't boo me because I'm good at this. And it was like, oh, you're 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 doing the the truth thing, the thing where you tell the truth, and I hate you for it. It's, exactly. It's great. Exactly. And here's a guy who uh despite his uh limited uh, time in the ring, especially from the promo side, we, we've seen in, in matches where he can go and everybody knows mm -hmm. he can go and put, and I'm, we're going to get to the, him and Seth Rollins at WrestleMania. And oh, that, that one should be one that's going to surprise a lot of people. But like you guys said, he gets it. He loves getting the booze from the crowd. He's not one of those heel characters who wants to get, you know, cheered and, and want to be the cool type of heel. Mm -hmm. He gets being booed and he's enjoying it. And you can tell he's getting off on it. And I wish others would take from that. You know what I mean? It, it, you know, uh, yes. he is getting booed a lot because of he's being perceived as an outsider from the fans. 
a guy who doesn't belong in our business, you know, an outsider, he's an entertainer, he's not, whatever the case may be. But at the same time, he knows how to utilize that to get the pro appropriate response from the audience. And trust me, this match at WrestleMania has the potential to steal the show. I, I think it could. Uh, these guys, those guys are great. Um, as we move on, we get a very different type of segment. Uh, necessary, but not the thing we're all going to talk about in 20 years. Omos versus Dolph Ziggler. Uh, earlier, the Mustafa motivation is what set this match up. It's quick. Uh, I don't want to say it was painless, but uh, Omos gets the win. Uh, Post-match MVP says the giant will tame the beast at WrestleMania. Justin, what's going on with uh, Ali here? I feel like he's a different character every week. And he wasn't uh, even in the match, but I'm still thinking. Yeah, myself, what's, what's I, I don't doing? know. I, I don't. I think. Um, I think he's just kind of treading water, and 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 maybe, hopefully, for him, there's a. Um, you know, we get past Mania. It's new calendar year. There's, there's a reset of what to do that's going to have a little more impact. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, he he's had he's been a guy who again he's he, you know he's extremely athletic. He's good in the ring. It's not it's not a matter of work rate. Um, you know, he's a guy who at first he was what he was. He was just kind of stereotyped as a guy who he's got a name that he has and he he looks the way he does. We're going to stereotype him into this kind of hole. He doesn't want that. Then he's part of one of the <laughs> retribution. One of the yeah. things we all just try to forget. Uh, then it's then the gimmick is. I'm not all these things. I'm the, uh, but there still hasn't been any, any any consistency. So I don't know. I don't know what the, I don't know what the repackage is of him. I really don't. Um, I don't have an answer for what he, what needs to be done with him, or what could. I, it, it might it might be as drastic as we got to put you back down. We got to put you over at NXT and let you try to reroute your career that way i i really don't have an answer for him i think i think they might have missed the boat on uh, on capitalize on him if there was ever such a chance to do so yeah jimmy i think the omos I, let me know if you have anything on omos and Dolph Ziggler. it feels pretty straightforward just a squash match to heat up omos but uh mm -hmm. also any do you have anything about ali it feels like they're trying to get something going for him i just mm -hmm. Like I said, it's it's so inconsistent. It's hard to feel like I'm getting behind him. Exactly, and that's the that's what I think it is. It's the inconsistency that people can't gravitate towards. They don't know what to connect to, and mm -hmm. maybe it's it's as simple like like Justin said. Maybe it's sending back to NXT for a reinvention or a re reimagination of him, or maybe just take him completely off TV for a while. Or he comes out and cuts a promo. He says, uh, "I'm just." not in the right space and that right frame of mind. I'm going away for a little while, but I will be back. And when I'm back, I will, I will, I will plant my flag. I will make my statement or whatever the case may be. Maybe it's something as simple as that to get people going Oh, Okay. This is, but, but that, but, but that said, Jimmy, I don't like, I don't think we can let him disappear for six months. And then uh, I'm referring to uh, Rikishi and, 99 or 2000 i don't think we can have him just disappear and then like hit roman reigns the car in the parking lot reveal that it's him and like you know i mean i i i really think they they've exhausted I, I think they've exhausted options with him i'm not saying release the guy yeah. I'm not, but but I, I really think maybe the best route would be 
to re send him to NXT. Let a let, let a fresh pair of eyes like a Shawn Michaels. Let, let's let, let's do a fresh reinvention of him, and see if we can drum up a new campaign around him, heel or face, whatever he wherever they find that he works as. Because I, I feel like in front in front of Raw and SmackDown audiences, we've seen a whole lot of rehearsals happen. Uh, we've we've seen a whole lot of dress rehearsals happen on live TV, mm-hmm. and we just can't unsee those things. Right. Yeah, I think NXT would be good for him. I think because also he's his value's been lowered enough on the main roster. I can't really see him beating many people, but I could see him beating people in NXT and start to turn that around so you can start seeing him as a winner again. Because it's going to be a long time before I see him as a winner at this point after being the loser so many times. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's a talented guy. Hopefully he gets an opportunity. Finn Balor versus Johnny Gargano. This one was set up last week. They go back and forth for a few segments before Johnny takes out Dom. The distraction allows Finn to get the advantage, but then an edge distraction costs Finn and the match and edge spears Finn and Dexter stops Priest from getting involved. Later, Edge tells Byron that he'll be in the ring next week to settle this. He will not announce that it's a WrestleMania main event this week because why would you wrap this story up anytime soon? Jimmy, uh, any thoughts on this one? No, I, I, we knew he was going to make a return. We knew that there was going to be something between him and, and uh, you know, uh, I was going to say the Justice League, but not, Justice uh, League. man, I don't know. See where my brain is at. It's not the Justice League. Uh, Judgment Day, whatever. Uh, with Finn Balor, let's put it this way, uh, with Finn Balor and his and his group. But there was something interesting he said to to uh, Byron backstage that that caught me off guard. He talked about two weeks ago where Finn 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 Balor cost him a match that he should have won, mm-hmm. and he said, "And tonight I cost Finn Balor a match with all due respect to Johnny Gargano that he should have won." I didn't like the phrasing of that. Especially because, mm-hmm. you know, with all due respect to Johnny Gargano, a match that Finn Balor should have won. As a baby face, talking about another baby face, um, he could have phrased it a little differently to at least say that, you know, hey, Johnny Gargano could have won this match on his own. But I thought I would repay the favor to something along those lines. I just didn't like the phrasing of, of it was almost like taking a shot at Johnny Gargano and maybe... Yeah. It was intentional, you know, because yeah. maybe Jar- Johnny Gargano will take offense to that and they'll take umbrage to it. Let's see. Yeah, you know, Jimmy, I completely agree. It's and I, and I, you know, earlier I said, you know, I, I threw Johnny's name out as a, as a maybe a king of the ring winner, and I just said that as, as meaning somebody who's just there who has potential. Who, you know, Johnny Johnny does not get much reaction when he comes out. At least it doesn't sound like on TV. Mm-hmm. But he always has moments in his matches where he gets the fans on their feet because he can do some. He's he's just incredibly athletic and innovative. Um, I caught the same thing, Jimmy, and it almost to me was like, all right, well, it doesn't seem like anything's making TV these days on Raw without a purpose and SmackDown without a purpose. And I was like, is that a little sub? Like, do we see when the calendar resets? Does Johnny Gargano and or Dexter Loomis, but it would be more astonishing if Johnny did. Does Johnny turn heel and join a judgment? Because Johnny had a hell of a heel run in NXT, mind you, when he turned yeah. on Tommaso Ciampa's best friend. So, I, I, Jimmy, I thought the same thing. I was like, that was a weird phrasing. I can't imagine that phrasing went unchecked in quality control. Is that just a little tease? 
uh, of why we need to turn Johnny Gargano. So I don't know, but I'm you. You said it all, so I'm just gonna compliment you and thank you. And I thank agree you. with you. I'm glad you actually brought that up because that slipped by me. I didn't notice that, but Edge is definitely someone who is very particular about what he says. He doesn't just say things willy nilly. So if he said that, and the guy way, wrote the forward, yeah. the guy wrote the forward to this guy's book. So of course he's mm-hmm. peculiar. He's going to be specific on this word. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, well, maybe maybe he does just throw words around. Then I take that back. No, but I would love to see. I think Edge would be a great, almost like a uh, the the crabby old man shaking his fist at the clouds, saying, "Johnny, you're just not the guy." Sorry, almost like what we got a little bit later, but more of a listen. I'm a vet. I've been there. You're you're a uh, a nice nice hand, but you're you're not the guy. And mm. then have Johnny Gargano prove him wrong. And oh, look at that! There we go. There we go. Look at that handsome fellow. Thank you. Thank you for uh, the plug. <laughs> <laughs> available now, where all books are sold. Um, but uh, I'd like to see Johnny Gar because I think Edge could be a good crabby old man heel kind of guy, uh-huh. like you know, back in my day kind of guy. Hmm. You got you got Edge to good for you. Oh man, good for- he won't tweet. He blocked me on Twitter, but you know, Did whatever. He? Oh my goodness, yeah, I don't know why. Still, bo- I, he's the only, he's the only person I know that blocked me. Sammy <laughs> Zane blocked me on years ago, probably because I called him generic, and here I am trying yeah. to make amends. <laughs> One of these days, Justin will be back in Edge's good graces. Uh, uh, no, I'm fine with Edge. It's Sammy Zayn is for me. Oh, Sammy Zayn. Oh, Sammy Zayn. You yeah. said. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, buy, Jim, uh, buy Jimmy's you'll, book. You'll yeah. never be in Sammy's good graces. But, uh, <laughs> uh, but we got Piper Niven versus Nikki Cross. Super fast. Niven gets the win. <laughs> any any takeaway uh, on this one, Justin? Just Piper getting a push. Yeah. Two Scottish ladies getting uh, some TV time. Happy for them both. Uh, yeah, I mean Piper needs some. I, I like that they are. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I like that they, of course, re, uh, <laughs> drop the do drop. Mm-hmm. Let her be Piper, Piper Niven, uh, and and I like, I like the fact that she's not the typical look of a women's wrestler, and that they're embracing that and they're giving her TV time and, and just letting her be. She's a really good wrestler. We've seen mm-hmm. them the last couple of weeks. We really have. I I, I really just appreciate that, that we can. Have some late, just like the men. Not every guy needs to look like a million bucks, like an Austin Theory. You know, there's a place for an Otis or an Otis. Mm-hmm. I like that there's a place for a Piper Niven, and I, and and and, and that's, that's all I'm trying to say. I like the fact that not every not every girl needs to be a certain look, certain hair color, mm-hmm. whatever. Let's embrace different different looks, different characters, and I'm I'm happy mm-hmm. they're doing that with Piper Niven. I really am. I know not a lot of people watched NXT UK. I used to watch it every week. I loved NXT UK, and she did some really cool stuff over there as well. Um, in you know, before her time is do drop. Only one that likes that banger of an entrance. Don't say that. We got a Rick Boogs and Elias backstage promo that we'll go through real quick here. Boogs tries to lift a truck. Elias tells Boogs to challenge Bronson Reed. But there's a miscue, and Bronson ends up saying he's going to beat up Elias next week. Uh, Jimmy, this is a just a fun, silly segment. I think I, I'm liking Boogs and Elias. What, what about you? 
Uh, they have the potential to be, like you said, a funny, fun comic segment. And there's a little bit of everything. It's a variety show. You have your hardcore, you have your this, you have your that. that. You need a little bit of comedy as well. And and you can't leave it all to Otis and, and Chad Gable, even though the, I think Chad Gable is the most underrated comic guy they got uh, mm-hmm. right now. He's like this generation's Kurt Angle, if they let him be, I think. But that's either here or there. I'm just ranting again, as usual. But yeah, this is meant to be fun. And it was fun. Uh, now we got a super chat from Randy Hawkins who has been super patient with this one. So thank you for holding off here uh, and letting us wait till we get to this point. Justin says, FYI, did you guys see the Cody KO background Easter egg during the Elias Boogs and Bronson Reed segment? I did not notice them. I was too busy trying to figure out who Bronson Reed was at first. I couldn't tell it was him, but I didn't see this. What were they doing? They were, I, I picked up on it. Good call. Randy, I did. And I mean, again, that's one of the little things of of they, they they like to put things backstage of things to just you know that we saw it weeks ago of behind Corbin there was MVP in the hurt business talking. I mean, it, it, it's just good. It's just good little things, you know. Uh, and it's easy for us, to, or at least for me, to because I'm looking down at paper and Twitter and I'm writing notes. You know, if you look away, you don't see that when Bobby Lash is cutting a promo that Bray Wyatt's stuff is scrambling on the screen. You know, it it, mm-hmm. just, it it just makes you keep eyes on the TV and that's, that's the name of the game. So yeah, I did catch that. It's really good in this day and age too, not to sound like a crabby old man myself, but in the days of cell phones, when you have the show on, it's very easy for you to go, uh, you know, you turn over, you kind of look at your phone and so, you know, but when that kind of stuff happens, like, well, I can't turn away. Cause yeah. I might, I might have a screen flicker and an upside down butterfly will show up. Uh, <laughs> uh, we move on to, I think, the spot that everyone was talking about, though. And this is the return of the actual goat man, Jan Cena, who comes out and Austin Theory comes out and says he has respect for Cena. So he challenges him to a match at WrestleMania. And Cena says no, because no one cares about Austin Theory eventually Cena agrees and for some reason introduces Cody Rhodes. Who cares though? That doesn't really matter. The point is here. I thought this was the coolest segment and shows just how good John Cena really is because I always say it's one thing to have catchy one-liners or put downs or things like that. But when you're able to make someone care, make people care about somebody else, that is what puts you at that upper echelon of superstar. And John Cena did that. And dare I say, when all this is said and done, Austin Theory is going to be one of the biggest fan favorites in the company. I think this will actually catapult him in the other direction. And he's going to earn the fans' respect and be the guy once Cody Rhodes hangs him up. Jimmy, you're probably best friends with John Cena. What did you think about this segment? It, it just made me, it brought back so many memories of just how good he is on the microphone. And like you said, Jack, what he did was in this promo, he talked, you know, when, when the challenge was thrown out there by, um, um, oh my goodness. Uh, <laughs> Why am I trying? Austin Theory. Austin Theory. Why did I, I who has the best name in wrestling. Apparently, (laughs) yeah. When the challenge was thrown out there by Austin Theory, and for John Cena to say no, it's almost like the the entire building and probably everybody at home went, 
wait, what? Mm-hmm. No, what the? And he and he talked about how nobody cares. And by like you said, by the end of that promo segment, and then that match being set, people cared, and now they want to see this match. Whereas before, maybe some people said, "Yeah, it'd be nice to see John Cena come back. Yeah, nice to see him put the kid over." Blah blah blah. Now that John Cena made everybody go, you know what? I really want to see this match, especially after what I heard tonight. And that's the big thing. You, you talk. How many times have I said it? Talking people into the building, talking people into the seats, talking people in front of the screens and wanting to pay to see something. That's what John Cena did tonight. Yeah, Justin, I want to hear your thoughts on this thing. Um, but just to add a little buffer in here, we just talked about Bray Wyatt having four months of story and we still don't know why he's in a match with his WrestleMania opponent. John Cena came out and in one promo, I'm sold on this entire thing. Yeah, that was big for me. I, I, that was actually my exact uh, writing was John Cena can still build a match in one promo. <laughs> that was my. <laughs> um, I got a couple things, and I'm gonna end on a, on a, on, a, on a chat that I want to highlight. Uh, first thing, yeah, and one and one promo. John can do that. Um, I think, you know, it. What they said in that promo. Uh, you know, John's and, you know, he's kid, you're not ready. You're me at ruthless aggression when I almost got fired and all the things. It was intriguing. But I will say this. Um, I have no doubt that now Austin. The- well, first off, they obviously spent a lot of time to this. This wasn't just thrown together today. They have been building this for a while. So this has been thought about. So. That's comforting to me because I feel like they know what they're going to do here. Uh, Austin Theory has to win this. Not only does Austin Theory have to win this, but the manner in which and how he wins this is important. I'm not saying he's got to squash John Cena like it's WWF superstars on a Sunday morning, but how he wins this is going to be important. Because while they were still working, brother, there still is an element of a shoot to this in that how Austin Theory performs in this match and how it comes off, it, it, it could be a huge, you know, a huge sway to his career. And what, you know, if, if, if they go through WrestleMania weekend, April 1st and April 2nd, then we get to Monday, April 3rd, Raw after Mania. If by that point, if what we think is going to happen, which is my prediction at least, Cody Rhodes is your new babyface world champion, and Austin Theory just defended the U.S. title and beat John frickin' Cena, if that's where we're at, they better have, you know, it, it better be done right. Mm-hmm. Austin Theory better beat John Cena right. And, I, and I'm comforted it's going to happen right because I don't think Cena does this. I don't think Cena does any of this unless he knows we got to do it right by this kid. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna, mm-hmm. I'm not gonna, I'm not, we're not, I'm not gonna come out here and bury him, and I'm not gonna come out here and five knuckle, five knuckle shuffle. Like, no, it's, it's not gonna go down that way. So that's that. I want to bring up the uh, unrelated to this, but I, I saw them in the uh, chat. Um, so please, Adam said earlier, uh, Triple J is helping my mental health tonight. I've been having mental health issues last month or so. Thanks. 
Justin, Jack, and Jimmy in the chat. So, Adam, thank you for sharing Adam. that. I hope, I hope everything's okay. Yes. But that's very cool that us rambling about pro wrestling, if it helps <laughs> you, hey, that's awesome. So. Awesome. Thank right. you, Adam. And, Adam, it's always a treat to see you there in the chat. So I, I appreciate you being here and appreciate you being in the chat and a part of the show. So thank you for being here. It's always always good to see your name in there. Mm -hmm. um, I, I do want to say we did get a few super chats about this segment, and they've been sitting here for a while, so I want to uh, get to them. Ash has said, Cena gave him the Roman Rock promo treatment. Can Theory hang going forward? Does he have the mic skills to hit back and make the segments epic for WrestleMania? Yes. Uh, Simple. Yes. Oh. yes. You think you think Austin Theory has the chops? Well, yeah, because uh, you know, like we said, uh, Cena is one of the best at talking on the mic and talking people in, into the building and and doing all that sort of stuff. But Austin Theory, um, will elevate his game. It, it, it this is going to light a fire under his butt. You watch. Yeah. Uh, we also got a super chat from Ralph. This one again, Ralph. Yes, thank you so much for. Uh, letting us get to this point first. It's been here for a while, but John has seen a committed murder tonight. Special segment and fun show. Cheers, guys. Uh, I, you're right. Well, it, well, go ahead, Justin. Oh, no, no, Jack. I'm sorry. Finish. Please finish. Please finish. No, I was, I was going to say, yes, if you were grading this, the quote-unquote winner tonight on the mic was John Cena, but I think for some reason with promos, people forget you're looking for an outcome from those two. Like, John Cena was supposed to quote unquote, go over tonight on the promo. He was supposed to be better than Austin Theory on the microphone tonight. If Austin Theory hung with him step by step, then the whole story of is he ready wouldn't have been told. Correct. And and, and this is probably John's, you know, this might be his only live appearance on Raw leading up to Mania. Um, I know they shot some stuff months ago, uh, late December, late December, I think. So we might see another segment of the two of them on camera together, but it might have been pre-taped. So this might be John's. So yeah, John needs to come out there. He needs to throw all of his daggers, you know, get his pops. He needs to put theory back up against the wall. Mm -hmm. and, and he did that tonight. He did it in front of his hometown crowd. Um, but like Jimmy said, theory, this is good. They have, they have a plan. The, they have a plan. Um, and, and, and theory is going to fire back and, and the match is going to be critical. Um, but again, John would not have agreed to do this unless he agreed to what the end result is. And that's all I can say. And I don't know. All I can say is that the end result has to be theory winning and it's going to have to be in a memorable way. I don't have any more specifics to that, but John would have not agreed to this if he did not believe in the rub that he would be giving. And mm -hmm. That's all I can say. He would not be doing this. And like I said, this is just my opinion. This is just my, my prediction. I have a feeling it's going to be one of those hard fought wins for theory. And it's going to be one of those. He earns the crowd's respect and John Cena's respect at the end of this. You've always had the hustle. You always had the loyalty. <laughs> now you have the respect. That's the worst John Cena impression you'll ever hear in your life. I'm not but even going to try. <laughs> But we get a sneaky fun segment here. Oh, we'll not see, but like possible contender for me uh, moment of the night. Uh, the maximum male models are gushing over Otis and Corbin thinks they're talking about him. Uh, they'll say they'll consider bringing him on if he can beat Chad Gable. 
Uh, of course, Gable beats Corbin fairly quickly, but Jimmy, I was la- Masse has been killing it lately with his like this time. Ew, 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 ew. <laughs> Corbin <laughs> thought he was the one they were talking about. He's just so over. He, he's so extra, as the kids say. Yeah. It, it, again, it was another fun moment with the fun situation here where they're so interested in getting Otis as part of the, the maximum male models. <laughs> it's just, it's just too much. And, and finally a win for Chad Gable, mm-hmm. you know, that was the one going in. I'm going, Oh boy, two guys on, on a terrible losing streaks. Who's going to, who's losing streak. Is gonna, they can't both lose. Can they? But uh, <laughs> only it, one it, man can lose. <laughs> right. So, but uh, it, it, it works. The yeah. way they did it worked, and that's the main thing. And it, and again, I found it very entertaining. Yeah, it was it was Gable's first singles win on Raw since November, I believe. Wow. Oh wow, and that was probably beating like a tag team person or something. No, I think it was against Riddle. Oh, oh, interesting. Oh. A name we haven't talked about in a while. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is a, again, this is a uh, an example of long term have a plan. You don't gotta th- you don't throw th- this trio this this growing gimmick out in front of the live crowd where the live crowd can overtake things keeping them backstage but just be consistent do it every week have it be important to a story have it make a match like it did tonight and this is this is starting to work i have a feeling when we hit the reset button on the calendar after mania maximum male models are going to have a place on the card yeah they're going to be i think they're going to have a place i think they're going to be that sneaky bad guy group that cheats and gets cheap wins all the time and they're just funny i love them they're 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 hilarious those guys uh and girl the three and otis i don't know i don't know who you count anymore uh we get uh becky lita and trish and damage control really it's just them saying we're gonna have a six-person tag match at wrestlemania um it Justin, this feels like where they've been going with it. For some reason, I felt a little underwhelmed, though. Uh, maybe it's because they have titles, but they're not on the line. I don't know. What What did you think of this pairing? Yeah, I think because we all just kind of figured this is where this is going. Um, it's great to see the babyface names at Mania. Yeah. To see Trish, you know, Lita, and then Becky, who's the modern star. I mean, so it, it, it's cool, but... Um, yeah, it's not much more really to, to, to dissect yeah. of it. Yeah, uh, yeah, Jimmy. At hour one twenty-five, do you have anything more you want to add to the uh, not, Becky, not, Lita, Trish damage control? No, no, not really. And like you guys said, just a little surprise that the titles won't be on the line, and it's going to be you know three on three match. That's all. Um, that's pretty much it. I think they've. <laughs> I think they've. I think they've booked themselves in the corner of having a women's tag titles right now. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I, yeah, I'm sure they'll try to dig themselves out of that hole, but you you can't just magically make a whole bunch of women's tag teams matter, and, and it takes time. So I think right. I think I think this is like okay, we don't want to not have these ladies on Mania, but the women's tag titles don't have the uh, gravitas that it should. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and to their defense, I think with WrestleMania season, it's not the time to heat up a brand new division anyways. Maybe just say it's the right thing. Just coast through that division until Mania, and then you can start in May to build up new teams. And But the good yeah. news is, if you look at NXT, I think the NXT promise and the female talent is far more deeper than the male talent. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, they got a ton of people who are probably going to get called up, and, and the women's division is probably going to get get big time boosted. Mm-hmm. Um, we get to the main event here, and this is where it gets really, uh, really good. Uh, I guess backstage earlier in the night, Paul Heyman tries to hype up Jimmy before the match with Sammy and reminds Jimmy that if Jimmy can't get Jay back to the bloodline, Reigns will hold Jimmy accountable. We get Sami Zayn versus Jimmy Uso, and after multiple picture-in-picture commercial breaks, and I want to put my foot down on these picture-in-picture commercial breaks. They drive me nuts. I can't stand them. Uh, but eventually, Jay Uso arrives. This distracts Jimmy, allowing Sammy to get the roll-up win. Jay walks through Jimmy. Just the emotion, the pathos on his face, mm-hmm. then teases that he's going to joins Sammy and hugs him and holds up the one, but we all saw how distance he was. We saw mm-hmm. that was that was super kick distance. And so that's what we got. A super kick. He turns on Sammy. He joins his brother. A beat down ensues, and it's not KO that shows up. It's Cody Rhodes. This, uh, Justin, this was... Uh, Every week, I feel like they just blow me away with the storytelling and the acting and the emotion and the, uh, you know, le- le- I was hook, line, and sinker. This whole ending of the show, Justin, this is, it's it's perfectly done. I can't think of a way to make it better. Pro wrestling is not built on collar and elbow tie-up, you know, hit the ropes, tackle drop down it's not built on that it's built on story and this is it this mm-hmm. was beautifully done this this was exactly what you you know all the drama was there the crowd was there they were uh i'm, I'm, I'm censoring myself here this they were holy crapping the chance mm-hmm. of oh jay has sided with sammy and just as they're at the fever pitch of that, he super kicks him, and, and and he's screaming at him. You think I would choose you over my family? Th- yeah. This is, th- I mean, this is this is this is the drama of the male soap opera that we love. That is pro wrestling. Um, I can't overanalyze it. It's, there's nothing to overanalyze. This is just well done. This is just again story. It's just there. And now, Sammy is getting you know beat up by the mob. Hmm. The only person who logically would even try to come to his hands is, of course, Kevin Owens. But there's dynamics there that have to work out. There's nothing to overanalyze. This is just mm-hmm. good, old-fashioned, long-term storytelling. And it answers the great question in pro wrestling that you need for every single match, and that is why. Mm-hmm. I, I get why now these guys would fight. I get why these guys hate each other i get why it's personal it's not just these guys can go in the ring as you say justin uh i great wrestling matches are great wrestling matches but it's the why that makes it so special these guys are so good at it and jimmy i want to talk to you about uh again something that justin said it's it's not just the suplexes and body slams but Mm -hmm. something that they've been so good about and jay uso has just elevated beyond belief in this is the facial expressions and mm-hmm. the way he just when he's on the announce table, when he's looking his brother in the eye and he is like it, there's no bump involved. There's no offense involved. But that facial expression, like when he's looking at his brother, to me, that's the story. That's the whole thing right there. 
telling a story with your face and your facial expressions. And again, that's what it comes down to telling stories that people get invested in. And what are people, what does everybody have in common with this story? It's about family. Mm -hmm. You know, everybody pretty much has a family and Mm -hmm. has gone through certain, you know, uh, you know, brothers sometimes have little sibling issues and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, he's your brother. And yeah. you've always got your brother's back. And that's what they're saying. That's the story they're telling here. It's simple to follow. But at the same time, it is intriguing the way they are telling this story. They're taking their time. They're telling it. And so, I don't know. It was just a master class tonight, I thought, and how they brought it all around. And I love that little twist at the end where Cody came out as opposed to, you know, you know, people were probably assuming maybe this is where KO says, hey, we don't have to be best buds anymore, but I can help you here. He didn't come out at all. Mm-hmm. And, and 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 to to finish Jimmy's point, you know, we have a couple we have a couple of Raws and Smackdowns until Mania. Mm-hmm. Um, I could see a six man tag main event situation of Cody, Sammy, and a reluctant Kevin Owens. Versus the Usos and Solo. And what a masterclass it would be. The fans have stuck with with Cody up to this point. Uh, we saw him and Sammy endorse each other, but that's protected to make sure we didn't split amongst them. John Cena practically handed the torch tonight to Cody earlier, which we didn't even mm-hmm. talk about. Yes. Mm-hmm. yes. What a masterclass it would be if you had Cody with Sammy and a reluctant KO versus the Usos and Solo. If Cody was the one to be able to give the crowd what they want, which is they want KO and Sammy to become best friends again, to take on the Usos, to take on the Usos, historic tag team. We all, we all talk about Roman's reign as title as world title. Usos got a hell of a uh, 500 something days going as tag titles. So what if Cody gets these two former friends together and on that path, it all does the recipe of let's have Cody be the next babyface. Let's not have Cody be what John Cena was in a polarizing crowd where it was let's go Cena, Cena sucks. No, we need the entire arena in full support of Cody. If we're going to take the world title off of Roman, and put on Cody, we need to have the crowd as much as possible solidly behind him. They are setting all the pieces up to do that right now. It is a, this is truly a chess, not checkers game. Yeah. And I think, I think that's where we're headed. And to double on that, the way that they've done it, it's so brilliant the way they're doing it because people love Roman and the bloodline. Let's, let's like, it's easy to say they're the bad guys here, but it's people love that group. And so to get people Mm -hmm. to cheer for the guys trying to destroy the group is they've somehow managed to do something. That's just really, really cool. And Randy Hawkins, another super chat here. That's been sitting here for a while. Randy, thank you so much for your patience says, I think KO will have no choice in the end, but to help Sammy out. The bloodline needs to be taken care of. The enemy of my enemy is my friend. Uh, I, I imagine that's that will be the case at WrestleMania. And it's, it's one of those things, even if they've also pulled the perfect trick here of 
we know it's coming, but we're still excited for it. I, it, if done wrong, it'd be very easy for us. But it's so predictable. Mm-hmm. And a lot of this stuff has been predictable, but it's it's incredible. I love Jack. It. Jack, I, I've said it for years. I've said it to Jimmy, and I know Jimmy agrees. Predictable is all is okay, as long as it's logical. Mm-hmm. Predict, predictable is fine. Yeah, just be logical. Not yeah. everything has to be a swerve, bro. Yes, I agree completely. And this is. Like I said, anyone who's watching, listening, anyone who's, who's been paying attention to WWE for a while and enjoying it, enjoy it because this is really good stuff. And I'm not trying to sound like a Debbie Downer, but it, it's not always this good. And so enjoy it because you never know how long it's going to be this good. You know, uh, there was a time in the late 90s where we were like, it's going to be like this forever. Mm-hmm. You know, so enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah, I was there, and that was the kind of kind of the feeling. So people thought, "Oh, this is going to be a great run." And then when so, you know, sometimes you hit that—I don't want to say a brick wall, but you hit that rough patch. Mm-hmm. Let's put it that way. Yeah, but this this particular story is like like you said, masterclass in how it's done. Yeah, this has been this is great. I loved this episode. Uh, before we sign off, I know everyone stayed late. Thanks so much, to everyone, for hanging out until the end here. Uh, let me know your your points out of 10 uh, in the chat. And as we go around, Justin, final thoughts and where can the world find you online? Uh, good show. Road to Mania, good show. Um, at Justin Labar, this is the last I'll be on this week. Uh, I'm not going to be on Wednesday, not going to be on Busted Open Friday. Uh, I put it on social. Some of you, I know, comment on it. I just want to, uh, just real quick, uh, my grandfather, uh, Jim, passed away la- uh, a couple days ago. Uh, he, he he was a guy who he he was involved in pro wrestling uh, in the '90s, uh, helping book Maryland Championship Wrestling in some in some territories. Uh, I was already a fan, but he we got to ride to the BWI Airport and drive George Animal Steel and Greg the Hammer Valentine and a lot of talent and whatever. He was a, a big part of my wrestling, big part of me pursuing broadcasting. If not for him, I don't move to Pittsburgh. I don't have the life and career I have. I don't meet my wife. Don't have my kids. He was he was uh, easily the most impactful person in my life. So I'm being selfish for a minute. Just a shout out to him because I never I never have in the past. Um, so I'm going down to Maryland this week for his services. That's why I won't be on any of his stuff. That's why I won't be at Pittsburgh for SmackDown Friday. But I just want to give a shout out to him because uh, I've never talked about him on air like this, and. Uh, that's why I found the old Jimmy Cordero's picture because I was searching my photo work. I was looking. His name was Jim. I found Jim. I found Jimmy and I. Um, but uh, yeah, well, yeah. Serious condolences. Yeah. Good, yeah. But, and Jimmy, your uh, Aldra, uh, Aldra sent me. Uh, she has sent a nice thing to me as well, which I appreciate. So thank her for me. I didn't do it. I will. But I just want to put that out there. That's I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. Whatever. That's that's my one thing. I mm-hmm. I don't get into wrestling or broadcast or anything else if not for him. So just want to put that out there. But I'm leaving town here in a few hours. And, uh, that's that. Well, I you know what I think maybe we should even just leave that on that for uh, for sure. Grandpa Jim here. I think that's a good spot to end it. Yeah. Um, we're gonna miss you while you're away. But uh, Justin, definitely condolences to you and the family. Thoughts to you. you guys. Um, Let's go ahead. We'll wrap it up now. Thank you, everyone, for watching. Make sure to tune in uh, throughout the week, obviously. Uh, But that does it for us, and we'll see you guys tomorrow.
Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.